Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Great. So um, we're going to come now to the reading of God's word. I'm going to read from 1 John uh, 4. If you want to find that in your pew Bibles, it's page 1237. Uh, or find it on a phone or something like that, you'll be helped but just to follow it along. And I'm going to start reading from verse 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If any acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Those who live in love live in God and God in them. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If we say we love God yet hate a brother or sister, we're liars. For any of us who do not love a brother or sister whom we have seen cannot love God whom we have not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Those who love God must also love one another. Good, well... uh, It's been uh, a big day, as I was mentioning earlier, and uh, for any of you who weren't here um, this morning, we had our uh, APCM and with some really challenging questions, Um, and it was not not an easy moment for us as a church family, um, wherever we're coming from, and uh, if you want to get into the detail of what happened, it's all online and you can follow it there, Um, but uh, I think that's an important context because... um, As we come to the next year, um, we've got challenges that face us. And I've been wondering this week how 
and what message I might share with you as we do so. And I thought I would come back to our verse of the year. If you've come through the door, there's a wonderful uh, uh, picture on the way in. Uh, and actually, we saw the same graphics just behind that song there that Stu uh, and Sam wrote for us. Uh, I even have the picture on my phone, on my screensaver. Um, and it goes with this wonderful verse in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I said we had a challenge this morning. We, we talked about lots and lots of different things that are really uh, big for us as a church family, some really big uh, concerns and worries. Um, but I also shared that I felt like probably we hadn't, even at the end of all our questions, there's about 45 minutes of them, there was a challenge that we still hadn't got to. And that challenge is just as important, if practically probably more essential to who we are. And as I was preparing the talk for today, and I usually give the same talk evening and and morning on uh, the APCM Sunday, the the whole endeavor of writing the talk was like a metaphor for our challenge as a church. And this is how it works. So I spent the week wrestling, had all these questions about controversies, difficult things in our church life. And as I was trying to write the answers to all the questions, I was trying to think, what message can I share that's going to eclipse all this other stuff? What can, what can I say from the Lord, share with the church family, that's going to outbid 45 minutes worth of question time in all our imaginations for uh, the next year. What could we say that might be enough after today to lift our sights to the Lord Jesus and fix them there for a whole year and far beyond? That was my challenge as I prepared today's message. And it's, it's like a picture of the challenge for our church um, Without in any way minimizing some of the challenging things that we've had to deal with, here, is, here, here it is, here's our challenge. Can our passion for knowing and sharing the love of God eclipse everything else? Can the beautiful, simple message of the gospel that God loves each one of us, and not only us, all of Croydon, all of those beyond us, can that message that he's shown that on the cross, can that, can that outshine every other story that we may tell. Now, let me just be clear about this. What I'm not suggesting is, oh, all the other stuff doesn't matter. It's deeply important. But can this be the brightest thing? You know, the night sky, you look out and you've got different stars twinkling here and there. But there's the North Star, way brighter than anything else. Or the moon, or however it works for you. Can it be that single by far the brightest thing. And I think actually the simple message of the gospel can be that. Because uh, although I have spent the week preparing a lot of answers to questions, uh, I've also spent the week being reminded of all that's happening among us. And it is quite amazing in this church. And I've been reminded how the gospel animates us I think the gospel is, it's our lifeblood. The good news about Jesus is the thing that drives us on. 
And so for a moment, allow me just to, to share a couple of thoughts from this verse that I think help us. First of all, the verse begins with God. It says, this is love, not that we loved God. And those three words are actually, I think, very, very powerful for us as Christians. Not that we. Not that we. If you read the history books, they're full of great human initiatives. And these initiatives, these great solutions to our human problems usually start with someone saying, let us. And they vary in their success. Some of them work, some of them don't. But God's solution says, let me, let me. It starts with me, God says. Our hope for our church is not in ourselves. We know our love for God comes and goes. Our hope is in God's love to us. I just find this so encouraging. You know, church is not a zero-sum game. Uh, you know, some bits go up, then the other bits have to go down, or vice versa. We are plugged in to the cosmic overflow of the never-ending love of God in Jesus. And if we can open the tap wide enough on that, if you like, there is no limit to what the Lord might do amongst us. And it is an amazing, never-ending love. It is a love that forgives our every sin, that wants to see us restored in relationship with him, transformed to live like him, united as a people, we could go on. And it all begins with, this is the point I'm trying to make, it all begins with not us, but him. And that is so encouraging. Second, this verse talks about Jesus. He sent his son. Jesus is the answer to 90% of questions in Sunday school. All of those of us who were there know that. And as we grow in faith, we realize it's actually the answer to 90% of all the problems that life ever throws our way. If it's difficult, probably Jesus is the answer. And that's true, of course, for us as a church family. And I think that, again, is so powerful for us. If you've ever been waiting for a long-awaited long uh, rescue mission. When you finally see that person, you know, come over the hill or come round 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 the corner, and you realize, ah, oh, you know, they've sent someone for us. Then you again, you feel, I matter. I matter. I matter enormously, and so it is with the Lord Jesus. We all belong to Him, and He's been sent for us, so we matter enormously. Third thought from this verse, it focuses on the cross. It says Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Uh, an atonement is uh, literally at one So we use this word to talk about the restoration of relationships. When two people are separate, uh, there's division, they become at one. And so we get the word at one atonement. And Jesus atones by the cross. On the cross, he, he hung and died, and he took in himself the, the wrath of God for our sin. He removed the great obstacle between us and God, which is our wrongdoing, our, our, our sinful thinking and feeling and action. And he took it in himself. And that means we can be restored in relationship with God again. We can be at one with him. 
And that's so important, that atonement, because we all need forgiveness. We all of us do, not just the bad people out there, however we might characterize them. All of us, me and you, we need forgiveness for the hurt that we've done to our neighbors, um, for the ways that we deny the Lord. I was sharing this morning that um, on Monday, we, as a ministry team, we try and, well, we've done it twice now, we're going to keep doing it. We try and meet together at the beginning of the year. The ministry team, by the way, is the group of people who uh, are particularly at the coalface of leading the different parts of our church's ministry. Uh, we meet together on Monday mornings. This Monday, we met together for a longer period to pray for everything that was coming up. And uh, we were led by Elliot. It was wonderful. And uh, Elliot encouraged us to have a time of confession. It was a bit scary, though, because he said, right, we're going to have a time of open confession where uh, we confess our sins verbally. Just say say to the Lord in the presence of others, I'm sorry about this or that. I mean, it was a bit scary. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to do it right now. Um, But it was immensely powerful. Because I think we have that sense of honesty. Like, yeah, this is for real. And I can even say it right now. There's a, something very powerful about admitting our sin. But then also having admitted it, getting it out, as it were, then receiving the forgiveness of the Lord. So, so glorious and wonderful. And uh, I had to say this morning, um, I'll say it again this evening, um, I'm really feeling a sense of sorrow and the need to repent for the way that I've um, treated people wrong in this last year and the hurt that I've caused. Um, It's one of my roles to maintain the unity of the the church. And uh, I feel like I could definitely have done a better job uh, on that. Perhaps you here, you you feel something like that. Maybe something else that you're seeking forgiveness in your life. Maybe nothing to do with it, our church life. Perhaps the Lord is putting on your heart, something that you know you need forgiveness for it, and it's stuck like a big lump in your life, and you need his forgiveness. Well, it's there in the Lord Jesus and this reconciliation too. And the wonderful thing, I think, is that we can approach forgiveness with confidence because it's been achieved for us as Jesus bore our sins. So there we go. There are three thoughts from uh, 1 John 4. It begins with God. It talks about Jesus. It focuses on the cross. I think that if we stick with those three things, if those are like our big beacons, we can't go far wrong. And that's because they are kind of the anchors of the gospel. And they're also, I I think, they, they lie behind our vision as a church. And so what I want to do now, just briefly with you guys, is share some of the ways in which We've seen the gospel alive and working through our vision. This is our vision. Uh, If you haven't seen it before, uh, Emmanuel Croydon seeks to be a place of unconditional welcome, Christ-centered revival, and deep discipleship for our generation and the next in South Croydon and beyond. Now, all of those bits are quite carefully chosen. We worked on this with our PCC last year. And I'm just going to share a couple of slides with you to see to share with you really how that's been happening. Okay, first one. This is, you guys particularly were, were sort of featured. This was your kind of uh, great moment this morning. Our evening services in the summer, we'll do that again this summer, happen outside. And it's a lovely picture of the unconditional welcome that we uh, want to offer. We've had people join us uh, in our church simply because they saw us meeting and singing outside. 
and there's everyone um, uh, welcoming and being kind of showing our welcome to the community around us. Next, uh, I think in the last half year particularly, the, the most beautiful uh, illustration of our unconditional welcome has been our warm spaces. Please stick your hand in the air if you've been at our warm spaces over the past year. Yeah. Okay, that's great to see. If you haven't, please do come and join us. Throughout the winter, we had Mondays and Tuesdays and Fridays in, in, in the center, providing somewhere warm to, 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 to be, to work. And then on Fridays, and this is continuing through the rest of the summer, we have our Renew Cafe, where people get together. Next slide, please. And there is more warmth, right? We may not need temperature-style warmth, but all of us need that other warmth. And that's, that's there all summer long with all our wonderful team. Uh, you can come and sit together. And these are the amazing ladies who are forever doing sort of craft to get us, get us going for something all agey on a Sunday or toddlers or something like that. So um, that's part of our unconditional welcome. Uh, another dimension, and there's so much more that I could say, but I think this is a, this is a really important one to share, is Salam. Salam is our ministry uh, for teaching English to, uh, as a foreign language. Uh, particularly, we've got quite a few Muslim uh, uh, ladies who come and join us. We've had a number of Ukrainian ladies as well join us. People from lots of different places. That happens midweek. By the way, if you're interested in that, do speak to Natasha uh, about that. That's a wonderful way that we're welcoming people into our church family. So unconditional welcome. Next part of the vision is Christ-centered revival. What was my highlight of this year? This has got to be very close to it. Uh, and I realize I look just, just slightly sort of madly like I'm enjoying about that I've dunked someone. My real joy, of course, is the joy of new life. Uh, that's me baptizing Junior uh, right there, there, me and John. We long to see revival in our church, people coming to faith. And it was lovely to baptize and uh, do the renewal of baptismal vows for four of you uh, uh, back in December. We've been thinking uh, more broadly about how we might see revival, people coming to faith in our church community. Hope Explored begins uh, very shortly. Uh, uh, that begins in May, and we've done that on a number of occasions over the past uh, year. It's been fantastic. That starts on the 9th of May, by the way. If you'd like to come and discover more about the Christian faith, uh, do join us for that. And then we've had our verse of the year. This wonderful picture that I was talking about earlier uh, was done by um, Ian, put together this graphic. And I think just having that as our verse for the year has kept us focused on uh, the, the essentials of the gospel. We did Mayhem. Mayhem is our uh, summer holiday club uh, for kids. Loads of you who are here were involved in that. If you weren't involved with that last year, we'd love you to come and join us and serve in so many different ways. It's happening again this summer. Fantastic way to reach out with the gospel to people. So that's Christ-centered revival. Unconditional welcome, Christ-centered revival, and deep discipleship. That there is a diver, just in case you were wondering, diving deep into the uh, ocean of faith uh, and discovering all sorts of wonderful things, as we hope all of you would do. And one of the, just one example of our deep discipleship this year was the Six Steps to Loving Your Church course. We all did this back in September, and it was a wonderful way of thinking about how we can uh, engage with one another better as a church. Little tidbit for those who weren't there, favorite thing I think for many of us, how about this? Every time you come to church, pray about who you're going to sit next to. Who's the Lord going to put you next to? How might you bless them? That was just one snapshot of our discipleship. Uh, I can't talk about discipleship without mentioning our small groups. 
Uh, we've got loads of small groups. If you're not in a small group, please get in one. Uh, talk to me, Natasha, John, uh, about how you might join one. We've got these wonderful notes that guide us through that, uh, um, beautifully put together by Ian. They're on our website, by the way. So if you want some time just uh, to yourself, study the scriptures that we've been looking at. We base our small group studies on the, on the things that we're studying in, in, on, on Sunday mornings as well. You can find them there. Unconditional welcome, Christ-centered revival, deep discipleship in this generation. Now, this picture here is of Rendezvous. Rendezvous is our holiday at home for seniors. And I think everyone, is, that's the Jubilee, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, everyone's celebrating uh, uh, the Queen there. And uh, we've had lots and lots of wonderful Rendezvous uh, days over this last uh, year, and it's lovely to see Jan uh, with us. Just give us a wave, Jan. Go on. I, I made Jan stand up this morning, and everyone clapped her for a really long time. I'm not going to make that uh, do that again. But Jan has been fantastic. She's come to an end of her leadership of Rendezvous, a wonderful ministry uh, to the people in our community and in our church family. And here's another great picture of the kind of thing that they get up to. So in this generation, and the next. So we have a vision here uh, at Emmanuel to be reaching young people. And there's a good moment here at our evening service. If you, if you come to our evening service all the time, you obviously won't have seen so many um, uh, little terrors running around. Um, uh, I can say little terrors. I supply four of them. I, I can confirm that's exactly what they're like. Um, and uh, we would love to see you engaged with that. Our, our kids are so important to us. Uh, and we love doing ministry with them. This is, I think, our toddler. Stu, is this toddlers? Toddlers Easter. Toddlers Easter, brilliant. Uh, and uh, that's the team doing great things, and Elliot looking like a Easter bunny. Easter bunny, but of course, because yeah, yeah. We can talk about the theology of that later on. Uh, right. Okay. Here is a gratuitous shot of Stu with a snake, because this. this do you know what? You're going to wish that you were just a child all over again. Toddlers, everything we do with kids and families is so cool. For example, we have wow moments, like Joe got a whole load of reptiles in for, what was the theme even? Doesn't matter. We had snakes in the building, and we had all these kids coming in looking at snakes, and Stu got to handle a snake. There we go. It was fantastic. Loads of stuff going on uh, with uh, young people and families, and we're so grateful to uh, our team uh, led by Elliot. Here's another one. I'm going to be a bit bolder than I was this morning. Uh, this is Elliot leading, leading the youth in a game of volleyball. Can you see the net strung across between those two pillars? Wouldn't that be amazing? And a lot less dangerous and probably good for our liability if we could move the pews. <laughs> and then we could play a really good game of non-dangerous volleyball in here. I'm just sowing that seed of a thought with no other expectations right now. Okay, okay. Feel free to share that idea with other people if you want to get it moving. Okay, next one. Uh, we've recently had our youth go away uh, on a weekend. Uh, there are some fantastic snaps just showing what a great time they've had. There they all are uh, heading out. Uh, Luke, there you are. Yes, Luke being schoolmasterly, and absolutely everyone's with you there. It's fantastic leading these kids um, into um, cold and freezing oblivion. And this is what happened next. There we go. Uh, and this also happened, which seems to always happen. A certain man that we know with his ukulele, uh, he got out there. And just lovely pictures of everyone, the kids getting around um, the fire. Uh, we love that. We love that. 
the next generation is so important for us. And it's not just, it's not just fun. It is fun, of course. Uh, but we want to reach the next generation uh, with the gospel. And it's so important what we do. Thank you, by the way, for the way that you give, because your giving enables us to recruit and hire people who work specifically with our kids and young people and families. So uh, let's see if I can remember it. Unconditional welcome, deep, uh, Christ-centered revival, deep discipleship in this generation and the next in South Croydon. We do things for our local community uh, at Christmas, for example. We have loads and loads of people coming in the building and really enjoying our Christmas services. If you weren't there, it was fantastic. Uh, if you were there, you will remember just how wonderful and how many people we see who we don't usually see. Uh, we, we could mention many other things that we've done connecting with our local uh, community. Just here's a picture from the Jubilee, making the absolute most of that. And you'll remember when the Queen died as well, we, we put flyers out all around the area. Had loads of people coming by. But we, we don't want to just serve South Croydon. We want to go beyond. So here's a couple of snapshots. There's way more going on than this. But just to give you a flavor, here is Stu and Sam and Emily on tour. Uh, playing at the um, diocesan uh, conference. Uh, our, our musicians are fantastic. Sometimes they relocate themselves geographically, as in the, this case. Many times they relocate themselves digitally with our, uh, um, our songs going out over Spotify and all that, all the way around the world. We love that. Quick plug for the... 26th of May, uh, when we're going to be having a, a, a night in here singing the songs uh, for new, so we're going to have a live recording for the worship album, and that's going to be fantastic. Um, more details on the... There's loads of flyers around. There's loads of flyers around. Find one of those, pick them up. Uh, another snapshot for you, Predica Vida, which means... Preach life. Well done. Very good. There we go. Good. Someone was listening this morning. So we support missionaries, including Donald Camese, who you can scarcely see uh, in the background there. There he is in Mexico, preaching life. That is preaching the gospel to uh, people, uh, their church planters and church leaders um, in that area of the world. A really, really important uh, uh, ministry, and we support him financially and pray with him. And here's another snap, which I love. Uh, This is... uh, uh, a Ukrainian family being visited by a number of members of our church family who you'll recognize. There's Matt King there, there's Wendy Riches, uh, and there's Danny as well, who you will have met a number of times, who, who, who runs International Needs. That's just one example of how we're trying to bring our mission beyond South Croydon uh, to much further away. All of that is sustained by relationships and by prayer. Prayer, got a shot in the arm with our prayer workshop. A number of us were there uh, recently, a whole Saturday morning. Wonderful to see so many people engaged in prayer and relationships. Um, I guess those mostly come through our small groups. And again, another plug, do get involved with one of those if you can. There's a particular group of relationships I want to give thanks for today. And it's this lot. There they are, our, our ministry team. That's all of us on the beach having a good getaway, not without a guitar, of course. They are a wonderful bunch. And uh, I just want to sort of take this opportunity to thank them, really, uh, in front of all of you. Uh, they do a great deal that is unseen, but they're just fantastic. Uh, all the way from the most practical things without which we couldn't keep the doors open uh, to the more upfront things. There's a huge amount of planning and work and dedication and meetings and love and, and so much more that goes on through this team. Uh, and I'm so grateful for them. And they're great fun to work with as well. And then finally... 
Uh, and I'm going to leave, uh, I'm, I'm landing on this because I think it, it, it captures so much. That, do you know what that is? Well, some of you do because I told you this morning. It's a broken photocopier. That is a broken, broken photocopier. High level stress around about sort of Thursday this week when we got an enormous kind of, you know, voting thing going on. There is so much that happens behind the scenes. So many people, and looking out here, I can see so many of you here who just faithfully, quietly get on with making something happen without which the entire operation comes to a halt. And that is so many people. And I want to say to you all, thank you. It is such a blessing. And thank you also to those who give, who enable us to recruit people and um, have them on the staff so they can do those roles. All right, there's a little whistle-stop tour through uh, our vision, and I hope you got a flavor of the kind of thing uh, that we've been about in this last year. Let me just say it one more time. We long for Emmanuel Croydon to be a place of unconditional welcome, Christ-centered revival, and deep discipleship for our generation and the next in South Croydon and beyond. Let's take a moment to pray. I'm going to invite the band to come uh, and join me. Let's take a moment of quiet, perhaps initially. Perhaps there may be some of the images that you've picked up there. uh, Or it may be just something that's very live for you in the life of our church right now that you want to give thanks for and pray for. It's just in the the quiet, perhaps commit that to the Lord. It may be our welcome. It may be that sense of revival. Something about our discipleship. Something about how we're reaching all the generations. Something about here in South Croydon. Something about our ministry beyond if we could just have the um, slide of the actual vision up, uh, Andy, would that be okay? You might want to just look at that. So let's just take a moment of quiet and commit wherever the Lord has really given us a passion and a heart to him. Lord, we want to thank you for our church. Thank you for this vision as well and the way that it's inspired so many people. Thank you for that little snapshot of so much of what goes on. And Lord, we know that there is much, much more than we have been able to speak about today. So much more. And so for each token of your grace, each initiative, uh, each decision, each team, each activity that's done in the name of the Lord Jesus, we want to thank you and praise you. And we pray that you would use this vision by your spirit to draw us on to greater obedience, to greater work, and to reaching more people in this next year with the wonderful love of the Lord Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. 
You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.